now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Craig Lefebvre, whose cancer in his stomach and jaw were healed on an alien craft, and today we're going to talk about it. Craig, thank you so much for being my guest, and welcome. Jeff, thanks so much for having me on. I was so excited to uh, find out about your show. Uh, through another podcast, as I mentioned earlier, and uh, I, I listened to quite a few episodes of your show, and I I knew right away this is a guy I got to talk to. Well, I think you're the perfect person for my show, and I think it's going to be a great show tonight. So let's start here. Can you tell us about your very first ET contact? I'm going to say my first conscious contact was through um, an out of body experience, and uh, I was doing re- i got really really into meditation uh during college i was being treated by a psychiatrist for depression um i even had a counselor at a college that i talked to on a regular basis and uh so he he was teaching me how to meditate relax and you know to chill out i'm i can be uh high strung and nervous um i would say i'm on the spectrum of being empathic so i pick up on other people's bad moods sometime to my own detriment. But uh, as he, the doctor had taught me I, the uh, progressive muscle relaxation, I, um, I really gravitated and grabbed onto it. It was something that was helping me a lot. And um, I had always been fascinated um, by all things paranormal too. And um, I was actively reading books on uh, many different things related to the subject and um had also come across a book about out-of-body experiences. So I kept practicing for months and months till, you know, I was getting into these really deep meditations to where I would relax to a point where I would kind of come back and get conscious again, maybe about 30 minutes later. And I would feel like five minutes had passed and it was really kind of fascinating to me. So I kept pushing further and further and I started reading this book on out-of-body experiences. And I'm like, I wonder if this is something that I can do. I, I, you know, I really wanted to explore it. Um, Sometimes all it takes is intention for something to happen. And uh, I started going through some of the, the exercises in the book and doing my meditations and after a while I started seeing these, this gray tunnel, almost like you're moving through a a ventilation shaft and it was segmented and I was moving through it. And I, I, I didn't understand what it was, where I was going, what I was moving through. And it it kept happening. And so I was, and it was gray and kind of black and white. And my, my mind couldn't wrap itself around it. And then one day it was happening again and I'm in this deep meditation and all of a sudden I see this bright green baseball field and I'm looking down at it like I'm way up in the air. And I realize I'm looking through a square in the floor. And then I look across from me and this ET is on his hands and knees too, doing the same exact thing. And we look at each other and then in fear, fright, whatever I, I, I snapped out of it and was like, back in my body. I was like, what the hell just happened? And this is, this is something that 
you know, rattled my consciousness. And I, I think what happens to people and one of the, the difficult things people have to deal with when they experience contact is it, it pokes a hole in your reality bubble. The world starts to look different and you start judging everything, I guess, in, in a very different way. And you, you can, you start to look and see everything as if it was, I guess, permeable that things aren't so solid in 3d um, like you were, you were told. And, and that's part of the thing when we, we grow up in a culture where everything is kind of linear, one, two, three, ABC. Um, and you're indoctrinated into that when you're a little, you know, from the time you're a child, this is how we teach our kids, but it also paints you into a box uh, mentally and spiritually, like even, you know, within religion, a lot of times you're holding yourself in the confines of this is okay to hear, but if you step outside the box, well, then you're a heretic. You know what I mean? It's um, this contact takes you to places mentally you, you never thought you would be. Can you give me more details of what type of meditation you were doing? And mm-hmm. then while you're at it, can you tell us what the ET looked like? Sure. The, the meditation, um, he, the doctor had called it progressive muscle relaxation. Very simple, very basic. Uh, you start with your feet and you focus on, say, your left foot, for example. So my, you would say to yourself mentally over and over again, my foot is heavy and relaxed. My foot is heavy and relaxed to the point where you know you can't really feel it. And then you work your way up your leg to your midsection, your torso, your head. And it, it basically you do it often enough. You're mentally training yourself to go into this really deep meditation toward, I guess, to the point where you almost like you're not breathing and it, where your heart just slows way, way, way down. And I guess this is where I took myself to the point where I was able to separate part of myself from my, my, you know, my consciousness from my body to, to have this out of body experience. And one of the other, um, out of body experiences I had where I ended up on a craft was, um, and this, this one has really, really bothered me uh, just, just forever. Um, I was standing in this, this round circular room and, um, there was all these small tables about waist height to the ETs. And these ETs were, you could say gray-esque. I'm not going to say they're specifically the gray species because I I just, I don't know that I've had any run-ins with them directly, but I've seen, God, a couple dozen variations of that, I guess, body style from being all white to like a, almost like a dolphin um, to all black purplish in color, uh, gray. Uh, but these, these, I'm standing at the edge of the room and I'm looking down at this table and I'm taller than all of them. And I'm not a tall person by any means. I'm only five, six. And I, I look around the room and I see all these small tables. There's these two ETs standing over the, one of the small tables and there's a human baby on the table. And and this has been a hard thing to process because 
was was it an out of body experience where I was in the room with them, or were they showing me as a baby being brought on board the craft? Because I mean, going back and working through all these channeled messages that I've done, I they've asserted that they've been taking me since you know I was a small child or a baby. So the one that you were with and you were looking down through the square and the floor, it was kind of gray-esque like? Yeah, yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it felt like inside the craft with everything, and I don't know if it was, maybe it was my my third eye vision kind of blocking things or filtering it out because it was so hard to assimilate what I was looking at, but it it looked dark in there and he looked, you could say, gray, not like... Not like you see on the cover of like Communion, Whitley Strieber's book, uh, different. I mean, it, it, there's one thing that's been very odd is there's, there's been so many variations of, um, of these beings. And the ones that have come and taken me, um, I refer to as being the mechanics. And you'll see them in twos and threes um, generally when they're, when they're taking you. But there's been times where I just see one in my bedroom that I'm aware of, and they come in, do 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 one thing or the other, and then, you know, I don't know if it's my mind blacks out or I pass out from fear or something. It's, um, there's it, it's uh, even though you, you're repeatedly exposed to something, it doesn't make it you know any easier. I guess I, I under the circumstances. I guess if I was sitting you know, say in my dining room table and they came in, it was all the lights were on. Maybe I would have a different reaction and be able to mentally process it differently. But when you look at it perspective, you go to bed and you go to sleep and then you think you have a dream in the morning and there's one looking over you with a really long face and like just massive, huge eyes. And you're like, did I make that up? You know, where did it come from? And it, these are nothing like I've ever seen in any kind of movie or anything either. They're just completely, you know, seems like there's a myriad of shapes and sizes to them. Hmm. So I, I could never determine, um, you know, that there was one said species that was behind it. Would you say that most of your abductions or contact has happened during meditation or sleep or when you are wide awake sleep have you had any while you were wide awake no okay not that i'm aware of i mean if it had happened they maybe they blocked it out i'm not sure um i mean they they've told me i've had a, a significant amount of missing time but i almost feel like i mean I don't know if it's like the subconscious does this for you or it's something they implanted in me, but there, it, it feels like your brain is divided and you have your conscious self that's aware of aspects of this thing that's happened. And then it's almost like there's this other part of you in, in the subconscious that kind of comes online when they're interacting with you that you're not aware of. Like there's two facets to to maybe if they're dealing with you um, per se, like I guess in the astral realm of some, in some respect, you know, they're not just dealing with you in the, in the physical sense. Maybe it's also on a soul level. Mm. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to describe. 
Tell us about your cancer and how it was healed on the alien craft. Back in 2018, July, um, I, I went to sleep like I always do. And I became, I guess, partially conscious to the point where I felt like I was drugged and everything was blurry and I found myself on a craft. And um, I was it felt as if I was completely naked and I was, I guess, I don't know how, I, how I was restrained, but it felt like it was by my wrists and my hands, like almost like I was hanging there, but I couldn't see anything holding me. Uh, there was, I call him the doctor ET. He was across from me and um, he looks, I've seen him a couple times that he looks nothing like any of the other ones where he's small brown and his head is pushed back and it's scallops. Like there's three layers, like bumps going back. Um, and then there was another one behind me that was all black. Um, so I'm, I'm there and I, I, I feel trapped and I'm, you know, screaming at them, you know, why am I here? What, what are you doing to me? And, and they're like, you volunteered for this. And then it kind of went into procedures where um, first they had taken a long like stainless steel needle and it went straight back into my jaw here. And when I, skipping forward, when I came to in the morning, I could still like taste the metal in my mouth, but they had done something to, to the jaw. And um, after that, they had, stuck a or some sort of device down my throat and straight into my stomach and um they had extracted this what looked like this black ball like this like something gooey and pulled it out and after that i don't remember a thing other than waking up in my bed and in pain and my stomach was killing me i woke up i was crying i I went to the bathroom and, you know, my dog came from my daughter's room out into the hallway to greet me, almost like she knew something, something was wrong. And, you know, I went to the bathroom, went and laid back down, was still in pain. And then I had to repeatedly go to the bathroom like a few times after that. And then, and then from like the early hours of the morning, I just laid in bed staring at the ceiling. And uh, finally to a point where in the morning I was just exhausted and I stayed in bed. My wife came into the bedroom. She's like, are you going to go to work? I'm like, no, I'm sick. I got to stay home. And I just laid in bed for hours after that. And When I got up, I had told her like, hey, I had this really weird dream last night where I was abducted and X, Y, and Z. And she, she knows I'm, I mean, she knows that I, obviously I'm psychic. I see things, ghosts, et cetera. That's like, nothing but um so i had told her about it and she's like oh okay that's really weird dream and later on i after my daughter went to camp i went back in her office and sat down like because i had to i just had to unburden myself with this and um you know i told her what happened you know you 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 tell somebody something like that and you immediately see their Hmm. their composure change and like all of a sudden this became way too real you know, um, and you know, it, it, 
this, this one experience just really shook me. And I had, you know, parts of it before seemed like a dream or a daydream or weren't quite as tangible as this, this experience, this one experience. Um, and it, that's, that's the weird thing because the, the second run-in I had with the doctor, I was sitting in a medical office. It looked like where you go to get your, your exam. They had table counter and, you know, he's standing right across from me to the point where I'm like, Oh, this is what you, I don't, I don't feel like I'm so drugged and hazy. And, um, you know, he looked brown, skinny arms. He had on like this blue tight, I guess, like you could say, lycra short sleeve shirt with like gold bands right here. And over to the left of me is the counter. Um, and he had this metal, like long kind of cylindrical device. And they had taken it and put it up against the base of my skull. I guess it had something to do with an implant. Um, and the strange thing that happened after that was that I was simultaneously out of body and in the next moment watching myself happen, watching this happen to me. And I didn't feel uh, scared with this being for whatever reason. Um, felt very comfortable with him. So did this doctor like being tell you, you have, you know, you had cancer and we took it out of you or what happened? This because, because I do the channeling that I do. Um, I had met with my healer uh, and teacher at the time later that same day, I texted her at like four o'clock in the morning and she obviously somebody contacts you at 4am, you know, they have a problem. So she, we had done this healing kind of regression. She's like, I want you to go back and, you know, look at what happened and see what you can figure out. And, um, you know, I, I watched it happen and I was like, oh, they're, you know, they're taking cancer out of me. And, you know, um, it was this kind of cold and procedure, just, you know, like they're doing a job like they did on anybody else, I guess. And why they've, I mean, I guess if, if you're working with some human, I guess, and you, you've been ducting them since they were a baby, I guess, that there obviously is a greater reason for them knowing you and contacting you. And they didn't want me to die, I guess. At what point did you decide, okay, this stuff that happening is not just a dream. This is real. And what was that point that made you make that decision? That, that leap, like, I mean, I, I was, I had suspected I was being taken for a long time. And there was bits and pieces of things that came through, things I remembered. And um, it was really when I woke up and came conscious in my bed and I physically felt the pain of what they had done to me um, to save me, I guess, um, in order to, I get, to pull the cancer out of me. And like I said before, I tasted the, the, the steel in my mouth still, like it was this fresh, like it just happened. And, you know, there was instances of run-ins where, you know, previously where I was out outside of my yard at night and, you know, I'm looking at the pine tree and I'm like, oh yeah, this, this, uh, you know, 
you know, you're, you're not like consciously thinking like, oh, this is, you're running my hand down it like I was high or something. And then I look over and there's these two really, really thin, uh, almost purple looking ETs standing there at the edge of my yard with me. And they had this black glass orb that, or one of them had this black glass orb thing that they were holding, right? some sort of tool or device, I guess. I don't know if it was to open a hole or a bridge somewhere to go somewhere else. After that, I remember feeling like I was in a ship going somewhere. And um, I remember going to these, uh, these two buildings that were brick that were like barracks. And uh, I was like, this is a really weird dream, you know? And then there was, another instance of abduction that tied into this, this one that happened years before it was when I had my car accident. Um, I was sitting at a stoplight down in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And a guy just came up behind me and nailed me. So uh, I was in a lot of pain and went, started seeing the chiropractor, all that stuff afterwards. But that night after um, I had the car accident, I got taken. And um, it was uh, it was really traumatic. Um, I remember coming in again, and I'm seeing one of these brick buildings. And, you know, I guess it feels sort of like a compound or something somewhere. And... Um, after that i i'm being dragged down a hall and everybody i'm seeing i can't remember a face it's all just kind of a blur and i'm being dragged down a hallway by two guys and put into a room with a desk and a chair after that i remember nothing and part of the reason that i think I, i was able to start breaking through some of this and and getting past some of the psychological barriers when it was when I uh, started doing dream work and intentionally remembering my dreams to the point where I could wake up in my dreams and be conscious and observe things within them. That leapfrogged into spirit walking, which if you know anything about Native American culture, they have where you're, you have these simultaneous lives, other embodiments, parallel lives, if you will. And you step into these other bodies and interact as the other person, kind of like an avatar. Mm-hmm. And um, the first time it happens to you, it's like you feel like you're trapped in another body. You're looking around, you look down at yourself, and you're not in the same body. And it it takes you outside of the whole alien abduction thing this takes you down another rabbit hole completely of holy shit i'm gonna lose my mind if if i see anything else that's weirder than this and then it just keeps kind of going and i reached a point where i couldn't really shut it off and uh that was I, i guess that just there's this contact has all these other multiplicities to it that involve things outside the the 3d realm where you know we're we're dealing with advanced cultures that are let's suppose 4d 5d ninth dimensional uh you know like the palladians 
uh, they're light years ahead of us in our thinking. And we, we come in at the ground level. We're at a disadvantage when we're experiencing these contacts. I mean, how we describe reality again is just very kind of basic and fundamental. And this, this, the fact that this happens to you totally just shatters everything that you, you believe. Um, I, I, I think it, it forces you to think beyond yourself and to look at the broader universe and, you know, consider that, you know, we, we have a long way to go and part of getting back to that part of this, that why we're at a disadvantage is when we incarnate here, we're, we're doing this, this whole 3d reality game. We're, we're experiencing the great forgetting. So you wake up clean slate. You're just born your consciousness as you approach five years old, slowly starts anchoring in permanently into your being. You have to learn everything. And then let's say you go down the path of spirituality, you get into meditation, things from past lives start coming back. And then that kind of, again, destroys what you believe all over again. And you realize you're assimilating lifetime after lifetime of karma. And the, this is called life stacking where it leads us up to the present, present moment, the now. And in this now moment, everything just kind of collides and you, you start seeing broader and broader and broader till, you know, you, you look at the whole universe and you're like, it's all alive. Everything is energy. These kind of epiphanies after, I guess you could say coming into contact with, with other beings, just, totally blows up the universe you know, you, you're not just looking through a, um, a telescope anymore at the stars you're experiencing that so to speak are you still being contacted today and if so how often does it happen um well i i do uh channel on a regular basis maybe a couple times a week right now um in the et's you know the I would say, especially like the Palladians uh, come through regularly in channel messages. Mm -hmm. Usually it's in regards to what's going on in earth is what they're very concerned about. Uh, The fact that, you know, this uh, frequency that we're moving through, how dark and dense it is right now, uh, where the world is really being forced to look at its shadow. And we have to like really get through this, this quagmire of, of karma that we're in and uh, get past it and stop being so selfish and narcissistic to where we can uh, realize that we're all related and we're one. So it sounds like to me that this started when you were a single guy. Once you got married, how did your wife accept all this? When we were dating, um, she, she was aware that I was psychic, that I would see stuff. You know, I, I told her that, you know, I saw your your uh, grandfather at her house when I came over to visit. Um, And there was an instance um, where I had seen a being come into my bedroom. We were laying in my, my bed in my apartment. And this, this was, I I was, I was having things happening. I wasn't as aware as I am now. And in, over time, what has happened, I've become more and more and more aware, especially as I've kind of talked back and forth with them. 
um, it's forced me to spiritually grow and open up the door even more and, you know, yeah, to get past some of the initial fear around it. I had seen, I were laying in bed. I saw this being walk through the doorway and I had seen some spirits in my apartment before I lived across the street from a graveyard. It wasn't a big deal. Um, that, that doesn't really bother me. Uh, this being was, I had only ever come across one other drawing that somebody reported of this. And it looked like the guy was wearing this, this big helmet and a suit, almost like a diver's suit, but not a bell helmet. It was just round and cylindrical. It had a big kind of face shield on it. And I, I saw this and it was like, just this fear came over my face and I froze and my wife looks at me, she's like, you just saw something, didn't you? I'm like, I can't even tell you what I just saw. But yeah, I, I just, I saw something. And when you're you're dealing with the ETs, one of the stranger things that you may see and experience, at least for myself, is that they, they seem to, like, they'll be solid one minute, and then they'll just vaporize and poof, they're gone. You know, I was I was in my basement here in this house, and we have a crawl space underneath the uh, where my walk-in is, where I am here. And the crawl space is probably four feet tall. So I was standing there, going to the bathroom. It's dark in the crawl space. I can see past the furnace into there, and I see this ET in there, like crouched down, looking back at me by the oil tank, and I kind of froze. And then the thing just just disappeared in front of my eyes. And, you know, they've been watching me for forever. And the more that I've opened up, I guess, psychically, the more I've been able to see an experience of it. And that's, that's what makes some of this stuff so hard to talk about is that it's not just there, you know, a spaceship came, it took you out of your bed you had a medical procedure and you were dropped back in your bed. There's, there's all these other nuances and layers to it that are, that happen to you. And you, you can't wrap your head around it. It just, you know, doesn't physically make sense. You know, how are these beings coming in your house and like just appearing out of nowhere? And when I was, when I was still single and I, you know, I was dating my wife, you know, at that point, but she wasn't living with me. I had another, a new apartment and I, you know, that's when I started reading about remote viewing and in, there was something really weird when I started, I read those books, I started feeling like this anxiety for some reason. I didn't know why. And I don't know if maybe it's a subconscious fear I had of them or something, but I, I was reading this. I was doing my, my dream work and I, I woke up and there was these three ETs standing in the corner of my room. And then I, everything went black after that. So I told my friend the next day at work, I'm like, I had these, this dream of these ETs were in my room last night. It's the weirdest thing. I just like blacked out after. And then you start to have consecutive experiences. And then, you know, like the whole surgery thing happens and you're like, holy shit, all this is real all these interactions, all these little things that I saw were real. Like everything just kind of 
collides in that moment where it becomes extreme, it becomes tangible. You don't, you're not just thinking that it happened to you. You now know that it happened to you and it happened to you many, many times in these, these little, uh, imaginary visits or these times where I'm standing outside my house at night. I'm like, Oh my God, that was all real. That really happened to me. You mentioned that you're channeling. Can you tell us how you were inspired to start doing that? As I mentioned earlier, I I read all types of different books and, you know, paranormal, uh, spiritual stuff, native American stuff. And I'd also been listening. I came across, uh, on YouTube channel, uh, like, uh, guys like Lee Carroll who channels cry on, uh, and there's a number of other people that are, that are doing similar stuff where they speak to just one being. And, um, I'd listened to a number of these when I'm riding the train into New York city, back and forth from work, you got an hour and a half to kill. And, uh, I, I became really fascinated with this and, uh, you know, you know, there's also this one guy, Bashar, that channels as well. And uh, he has an ET that he talks to. Uh, it, it, it started to, re- for some reason, it started to resonate with me. And I was like, you know, I, I have had all these experiences. Like there's, you know, it's, it felt like there was like some sort of mission that I had or something, that something else I had to do. And I was like, maybe, maybe this has something to do with it. And and then, uh, you know, I put it away. And then my uh, my cousin-in-law, Michelle, is uh, a psychic medium. And she, had, you know, was kind of working through a lot of stuff. So I went to talk to her. And, you know, I just kind of left the table open. Whatever comes through, just throw throw what's out there. She's like, well, I see, I see you doing lots of writing and and you know, you have to bring new information. And I, I think it's channeling. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. I'm like, I, I've, you know, I've watched videos and stuff. And I think it's the coolest, you know, I, that's, that's interesting. But, you know, I say, so I, I said, all right, I'll, I'll try it. And I made a few attempts at it first and, you know, it didn't get anywhere. So I, I put it aside. And then for some reason I was compelled to go back to it and try it again. And I, I managed to, to get a message. So I think I just started repeatedly trying to do it. And little by little, as I was able to push my conscious mind and my ego to the side and it, it stuff started coming through. So I started, you know, posting some of it on, uh, um, my Facebook channel under the vessel one or uh, dimensional healings rather. And, uh, you know, people became interested in it. my, my, uh, sister-in-law said, you know, you should, maybe you should write a book. I suppose I could do that. I'll throw it, I'll throw together a bunch of the channels. Maybe people will be interested in it. And I started getting messages from, uh, saints, angels, ETs, uh, you know, people like George Washington, Hitler. I mean, all, all sorts of interesting characters. So I didn't end up channeling just, you know, like, a lot of these, these famous people do, they have one main contact and they can regularly just sit down and, and speak for them. I was just kind of leaving the door open and different 
beings would show up every time and give me a message. And I wouldn't, especially at first, I, I wouldn't have any idea who I was talking till, till the end. And I suppose that was with good reason. If in the beginning, because I had to train myself to consciously put myself out of the way. So I didn't interrupt it and I didn't start analyzing what I was writing. Um, they would tell me at the end and I'd be like, Oh, Oh, that makes, that makes sense. That's cool. You know, like, Oh, wow. I talked to Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's amazing too. And now sometimes the point where I won't channel for a while and all of a sudden somebody, I'll, you know, I'll get, I did one recently for Robin Williams and he was bugging me for a few days. I'm like, all right, cool. We'll sit down. We'll write it. And I, I posted that message up on uh, Facebook as well. And, you know, it was really kind of heartfelt and endearing. Um, you know, I, I feel really honored that, you know, some of these, these people and beings are connecting with me the way they are and sharing their messages. Um, I, I hope it helps people. Um, you know, I'm not looking to profit off it. I just want to, uh, you know, help change, you know, people's mindsets of, of the world that we're in and, you know, show them the broader reality that we're experiencing together. Can you share with us some of the most surprising things that you learned during your channeling? The, the overall message, especially with dealing with the ETs and even other, other beings is that everything is contiguous. It is all connected. It is all one. And they, they will repeat that message ad nauseum. They it's, everything is one. Like they'll give me a message and it'll be, five or six, seven lines in. And then they always try to wrap it up and say, to give the realization that everything is one. And that's, at first I was like, you know, that's really cool. Unity. That's nice. Love. It's great message. And then I've, I've gone back a number of times to read my own books and I have a different experience with it every time and I, I kind of get something, something new out of it. But one of the stranger, I, I guess, more interesting things that came through is when I did blue star prophecy, the messages started changing and became more serious. And, you know, they're like, you know, humanity is getting to this point. They need to wake the F up and things need to start moving. And, you know, there's a lot of warnings in it, et cetera. But I, I had the experience also outside of channeling, I had downloads. And that is one of the stranger things that I guess you say people that have had abduction experiences have where all of a sudden you have this information or this entire story that just unwraps in your head, you know, like a little capsule that just exploded and you know, an entire story. So I wake up and this happens to me and they uh, told me about this planet called Trotter where all life started. This one planet started off as a gray barren planet and they explain how asteroids hit it with water, primordial soup and all that life starts to grow over billions of years and they explain the whole situation. And then they say 12 races emerged from that and 12 races moved out into the universe and they make the the uh, crossover from 12 races to 12 strands of DNA. And 
they go on to explain that life has been replicating itself across the universe from this, this point, they call it the great singularity. So there with all these beings and even those from the other side, they're all pushing the message that we're one, that we're unified, that we come from the same, the same essence that we're all related. And they know this, but again, we experience the great forgetting and we wake up kind of naked and alone here and we have to find our way back to it. And that's, you know, that's part of our, our spiritual journey of, you know, being in these, these human meat suits, I guess, to where we learn things all over again. Maybe that's the point of it. I think there are a lot of people in the UFO world that are just about the nuts and bolts of crafts and shifts, ships and want to see, you know, aliens. And then there's a, another group that's really into consciousness and connecting with ETs via consciousness, NDEs, OBEs, dream states like you have. What do you say to those people that are only within that world of nuts and bolts that there is much more to ETs than just ships and, and you know physical sightings? My perception of it is that a lot of these people are they don't want to look past their own hand. And in the, some of the channeled messages, they, they reference that, that analogy quite a few times. And you need to see past your own hand. And if we keep perceiving the world in a, in just the physical sense where, you know, my car is parked in my driveway. Well, what if the frequency changes and that fades out? What if I change my frequency and I walk right through it? You know, it, we can't, we can't keep being like children handling building blocks and expect to understand reality. You know, it, it, I would, I would say to them that, you know, there, there's, you're dealing with crafts that are phasing in and out of our reality. How do you, how do you expect to understand that until you take your mind there to understand that very concept to where, your consciousness is at a point where you're moving between the physical and the astral realms, it, almost like you like experiencing a living death where you're in the world of spirit and then you're back. And the complexities, it, it, a lot of it comes down to understanding the complexities of our reality and our science hasn't come close to it yet. They're trying to, but I don't think they're, they're, they're completely grasping what it is until they make the jump, the spiritual jump into this UFO world, because they're here for many different reasons. They're both light and dark. I would like to think that they're more on in the realms of light, but you can watch a lot of uh, documentaries that have come out recently. And there's a lot of fear porn, fear sells. So People become interested in the subject, you know, you know, people were scared to death. They got taken out of the craft. They had a, a, a very, they felt very terrorized and people are interested in that. They're just the same way they're interested in uh, real crime stories. They're fascinated by it. They're just the observer. They're not the experiencer. There's people that are on the other side of this that, know that there's something else there that they need to grasp. There's a, another reason why they're attracted to it. 
these these beings have been planting souls here for for eons hoping that people from the they call it fighting the war from the inside to change consciousness the path of consciousness for humanity they are most definitely here for altering the path that we're on so we don't you know meet the uh the bad end that they've warned that is coming if we don't i believe recently there's a news story out there about nasa hiring theologians to help explain ets in religious terms what do you think about that and also do you think that there's going to be any full disclosure anytime soon well i can tell you that they're not angels i do see those i talk to them in that is a whole other realm of uh i would say their own universe but don't call them angels just because they're higher up the food chain and they're in these these uh this realm of technology that we don't have doesn't doesn't put them above us i mean they they've said so to me that you know they are us and we are them they they've made that analogy many number of times and i think that's one of the reasons why that they're here is that they're because life has been replicating itself across the universe we're tied together in that way and they they showed me this this visual this analogy of uh you know like you're climbing a mountain like everest and you have a slack line between the different climbers they've now reached a point well at least the races that seated us they've reached a point where the line is taut and they want to pull on the line but we're not coming along up the mountain at least not fast enough and they realize that in order for them to hit their next level of ascension we need to come with them in at least in some degree where we need to make that kind of quantum jump in thought um and then far as like disclosure it's going to happen on an individual level with people just reporting it. it i i don't really have faith that the uh the government's going to be telling you the truth when they release these tic-tac videos and all that stuff. I, you know, I, part of me felt excited that, you know, Hey, they finally said something. And then there was another part of me that was just, that felt so disappointed. They could have come out and said this in the fifties. They had the same information then, and they've been investigating it since before then. So, are we going to rely on them to tell the truth the people that want to have power and control over people? Or are we going to rely on the people that are reporting and want to expand their consciousness? You know, like people like Dr. Greer, you know, that there's other experiences that we are to have with them. I think it's going to happen on an individual basis and people sharing that with other people and um, creating communities around it. As far as like the rest of the world goes, um, until it becomes a, a really common observation for people, uh, you know, like you turn on, you know, Channel 8 News in the evening and, you know, Mrs. Smith reported a UFO going over her backyard and they're going to have, an, instead of pet videos, they're going to have UFO videos where it becomes something common like that. I don't think you're really going to have the shift in people to want to accept that. It's going to be, it's going to be hard. It's, it's, it's one of those things that can destroy religion overnight. 
Speaking of religion, some people in the religious community may leave a comment on this video and be saying something like, you're not seeing ETs, you're seeing demons. Um, I, I've, I've seen demons. I, I work in that realm where uh, I do healing work. I have done for the last like 18 years and I uh, regularly work where I cross souls over. And I've done a lot of work down at uh, the 9-11 site for that. There is a um, difference. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, this is why I hide behind many layers of protection every day and do positive intentions and prayers and stuff like that. I, I've seen dark things and, you know, they've come up to me and I, I can tell you that they're not, they're not demons. But that, that said, there are positive and negative ones that are, you know, we have this polarity on earth positive and negative we come here to experience that so if we're just focusing on all of these ets being a threat a military threat they're here to you know they're here to kill us they could have wiped us out a long time ago that it's it's not going to happen all right well i need to switch gears on you because we're running out of time can you tell us mm -hmm. a little bit about your books the vessel of one and blue star prophecy so uh these two books are uh, some of my uh, spiritual thoughts and aspirations put out. Mostly they are uh, messages that I've channeled and collected over time after the, you know, over the last three or four years. Um, and I've grouped them together with, you know, angels talking, uh, the ETs and, you know, some other anonymous people, uh, Tesla, um, you know, other scientists as well that have, wanted to express things there's, you know, there, there's a lot of concern for humanity from these messages again, centers around oneness, but it's, it's us. It's telling us a lot of times that we need to break free from the negativity that we're under, you know, how um, seduced we are with things, especially like our technology. Um, that's kind of brainwashed us into being asleep and, over and over again, they're just, they, they want people to desperately wake up. And the message comes in a dozen different ways from, from different people on the other side. You know, Mother Teresa as well. Uh, th there's many different voices. Um, and it, it's cool to know that there's a, a common message that, you know, those that are on the other side of the veil from us are, you know, are rooting for us. They want us to move up and ascend to the next level of our humanity and consciousness to, uh, I guess, think outside of what our reality is and imagine a new world for ourselves so we can get, get past all this negativity that's going on right now. You also have some other books called Abductee Poetry, Whisperhead Poetry, The Cube Life, and The Alien Abduction Survival Journal. Can you tell us mm -hmm. about those? Sure, sure. So I uh, do write poetry. I do fiction, nonfiction. Uh, I did some poems centered around my abduction experience. I got together with a uh, local artist here, and uh, she had done some, uh, I guess, I, I just asked her to uh, channel what she thought I was seeing in some of the poems. I was trying to process some of my abduction experiences, and ultimately a lot of my writing centers around me processing that it's been really helpful also it's helped me 
this archive the experiences that I've had because I've forgotten so much uh, that's happened over the years. Um, you know, Whisperhead I wrote entirely during uh, our lockdown. Um, you know, with COVID happening and everything, and um, you know the the uh, alien abduction survival journal has uh, writing points for people who've had experiences. Um, just prompts to help you kind of put that stuff out there. I think uh, if you do have these experiences, keeping a journal and logging all the stuff, dating it, or you know, collect however you want to collect evidence on it is really important. Um, there's a lot of things that you'll forget or your mind will try to shut out over time. So it's really important to collect your thoughts around it to uh, process it because it, it, something may come up 10, 15 years later that connects all the dots that you've seen and you'll have an aha moment and you'll go back and look through your notes and, you know, blows up your mind all over again. Can you tell us what the inside of some of the crafts look like? The only sense I've ever had, I mean, well, this, this will be fun to share because this is one of the things that's come up again and again is that I've ended up in classrooms is repeatedly at classroom after classroom and they all are set up to look basically like you would have a human classroom. I don't, I remember continuously being brought to these classrooms there's a whiteboard or chalkboard um, and what they're teaching me. The one experience where I had was able to really get a good look at one of the classrooms was I had, I don't know who took me, but I was with a bunch of other people in a field. We all kind of like locked arms or hands together and we were taken up. So imagine you will you like just like really loud wind in your ear and you feel like you're being held underwater at the same time. That's what it felt like being taken up. And then I find myself in what looks like a very, very human classroom. And I see to my left, these two like whiteboards and they have a collection. This is really weird. They have a collection of, um, all these like uh, energy drinks with all different kinds of labels from like all over the world. There's a huge collection of them. And then on the, the whiteboard, there's a painting. It looks like a native American one or that's, um, you know, kind of brushed in, in light. Um, and it's a Buffalo, something you would typically see that's from like out West. And then they're showing me, a drawing almost like a stamp of a symbol that's supposed to be the Buffalo. Like you're looking down from it from above and they show an outline of the black horns and the body, but it's this all black and like this equals this. And then that's as much as I remember from being there. If one wants to check out some of your books, do you have a website or do they just go to Amazon? You can go to Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. Most online stores will have my books. Uh, my website is Dimensional-Healings.com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram under The Vessel of One and Facebook under Dimensional Healings. After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions or chat with you. Are you open to that? And if so, how should they? 
uh, Facebook or directly through my website. I'll have my email address and my contact information there. So overall, do you think ETs or contact from ETs is generally a positive thing? It is. It's just that our perspective is going to have to radically shift to understand that. Hmm. And from our perspective, we, we kind of, in a way, we're, we're feeling like the ants that are being held under the, uh, the microscope or the uh, magnifying glass, and it's starting to get hot. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's, we, we're at a disadvantage. Uh, we're we're uh, basically kind of grounded in this, this 3D or 4D reality, and they're able to traverse universes and realities, parallel dimensions. We haven't graduated to that yet. Uh, that level yet so it, it can trigger a lot of fear for people mm-hmm. and their a lot of their beliefs are are grounded in uh, religions that compared to what you see and hear from them is i guess um you know might might make it seem a little bit archaic in a way mm-hmm. not not to spit on religion because i'm not because it, it definitely has a uh, you know positive influence for people but maybe that's going to have to change and grow and be uh, adapted to uh, to this new reality as we move into it. All right. Well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? People need to experience life um, in reality through their hearts. Don't work through the brain. Work through the heart. This will tell you what's true and what's not. So if you are getting messages, if it doesn't center with you here in your heart, then it probably isn't right or isn't good. Well, Craig, thank you for that message. And thank you so much for being my guest. I really appreciate you and I wish you the best. Thank you. So much fun. Thank you. All right. Thank you and have a great evening. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.